The following presentation is brought to you by the Realm Network. Hello, this is the hardcore legend Mick Foley, and you are listening to the Rough House Podcast. Yeah! The opinions expressed in the Rough House Podcast do not necessarily reflect those of the WWE, Lucha Underground, Impact Wrestling, Ring of Honor, GFW, are they even still a thing? MCW Pro Wrestling, CZW, Nads Flappy Sack, Marvel Studios, Kellogg's, Frisky's Cat Food, Ted Turner, Jameson Irish Whiskey, Fruit of the Loom, Hershey's, Samsung, Amblin Entertainment, Groundskeeper Willie, or the cast and crew of The Walking Dead. Since the dawn of mankind, those in professional wrestling have turned to the Pro Wrestling Podcast to gain insight into how to do their jobs, how to create angles, develop new characters, and create fiery feuds with which to capture an audience's attention. What better group of individuals than basement dwellers on internet purchased microphones to guide the hand of a multi-million dollar industry? We're proud to present one such podcast courtesy of the Realm Network here at the Rough House where black people and white people watch wrestling and expanding people too and all people. Hi, everybody. Hello. Welcome. The quarantine house rolls on. Starting to get a little loopy in here. <laughs> in, in quarantine at a crisp 10, 18 a.m. on uh, on May the 3rd. Yeah, I, I think this is 50 days in. In the year of our doom, 2020. <laughs> yeah, I think this is 50 days into quarantine, which is freaking crazy. Anyway, <sighs> the world of pro rest continues on. Unabated, yeah. especially now, because uh, Florida's open for business. Man, it's the most Florida thing ever. <laughs> yeah, um, and there are no winners here, folks. You know, uh, WWE continuing on as they have as an essential service. Yep, taping uh, taping shows without a few talent who have uh, either for medical reasons or personal reasons decided not to uh, to come along there. Or just randomly disappeared. We'll talk about that. Um, okay. But, uh, eight, Should we file a missing persons report for somebody? Uh, I have not filed a missing persons report, but maybe we should just kind of ask the question of what's going on. We'll get there. Okay. okay. But uh, there are no good guys here because also AEW going to be starting live again yeah. this coming Wednesday night. Um, it sounds like they're going to be going uh, live every other week, taping an episode after the live episode. So basically right. uh, this week will be live, week after that will be taped, then back to live live than taped uh i don't love it i i really don't like it i think it's a terrible idea um and uh, especially with i i think it was the governor who was saying oh you know june and july maybe we'll have live audiences <laughs> no <laughs> no he, he can think that all he wants oh sure sure <laughs> it's a it is a free country you're free to think but you're an you're an idiot uh if you think that's a good idea right uh, now and uh, i'll just say that yeah i i can say uh i i love going to movies i love going to restaurants i love going to live pro wrestling events yeah uh i am not going to be the test subject for any of these uh, especially I, in florida because i don't trust <laughs> any of those motherfuckers to do anything yes. uh responsible i mean yeah. 
props to that guy who's dressing up as a grim reaper and walking down <laughs> Florida beaches. Who's like an actual, an actual yes. attorney. I'm like, yes. that dude, did, did that dude uh, gets the hero of the, the day. News? What's that? Did you see the video going around of him being interviewed on the news? Yeah, it's fantastic. <laughs> Especially because he doesn't even like, I mean, he's just wearing the full get up and he's just talking like a normal person. It kind of almost looks like he's cutting a wrestling promo if you don't have the audio on. <laughs> yeah, because the, uh, the reporter like, I'm going to socially distant and pass you the mic and step out of frame so we can tell you what's going on. I was like, okay, all right. So I, I, I respect the people uh, who <laughs> I've seen <laughs> the, the pictures going around of uh, people who who I guess don't have a boom mic, so they attach a microphone to a hockey stick yes. and have used that yes. to interview people. That's yes. a little more practical, I think. Yeah. Not everybody has the big boom mic. Um, I, I much rather would see a hockey stick ghetto rigged with a microphone with an SM58 than anything uh, anything else going on. Chris dropping knowledge, using the fancy name for the sure mic. That's well right. done. Well done. Anyway, uh the, the progress world continues, and I think there's no more depressing way to kick off this episode than with the latest update of WWE cuts and furloughs, as we're learning oh, yeah. about more <laughs> people who have been cut from the company. Um, Gerald Briscoe, furloughed. He's been with the company since 1984. That's a brisk 36 years of service. He has been furloughed. I... I will say a furlough isn't as bad, and I can right. somewhat understand him being furloughed because uh, his focus in the WWE—excuse me, the WWE right now—is he's been uh, a scout at you know actual traditional college at wrestling events. Right. So there's no college at wrestling events happening. Therefore, he can't scout people. Therefore, hey, let's put that paycheck on pause, Jerry. So I, I kind of get it. It's still not a great look, but I guess there are worse things happening in better companies. So I'm sure having been there for 36 years, he's making a solid, uh, solid clip of money there. Yeah. Um, yeah. He was one of, you know, he's one of Vince's was one of Vince's go to right hand mans for a large number of years. I'm sure in recent years that's been backed off a little bit. But for a long period there, he was he was right at the top of the chain. Yeah. Yeah, and then also officially released from WWE, Kane Velasquez. I who I even forgot was under contract. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, this guy. He made what three appearances, two matches, and that was it. Ah, uh, shit ton of money, that's for sure. And also was, on him. was not allowed to cut a promo in English, even though he is a native English speaker. So we've got that. A lot of that going around. Yeah, and then <laughs> last but far from least on the wait a minute, this guy's still hired train. Curtis Axel cut from the WWE. Really, I'm yeah. just sad we didn't get to see the genesis of McGillicuddy. Yeah, so that was that happened Thursday, which was the same day that the big uh, big cuts happened a couple weeks prior. So we were like, uh oh, are we getting a big round two of everybody? You know, a whole bunch of people getting released. No, that was not the case. Just, just Curtis old, Axel. Just old, uh, you know, Mr. Henning there. So sorry, uh, yeah. buddy. Uh, but honestly, he's one of those guys that. Uh, was lucky to have still been there, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what it was with Curtis Axel that it just never really worked. I mean, obviously the pedigree was there. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, they gave him a couple decent 
pushes. You know, they paired him with Paul Heyman. He had a mm-hmm. run with the IC title. Mm-hmm. Won it on Father's Day, which was this big, uh, you know, big thing. The IC title that you know, Mister Perfect, his father had uh, had won multiple times. Um, so that there was there was some story there, but I don't know if it was just him that was the problem or uh people not really seeing anything in him i mean i know he helped the rock train to get yeah. back in ring shape he was he was a good hand yeah he, he, <laughs> he was the guy that was go to to train people to to pull off the ring rust uh, I, right. I believe it was people beyond the rock and i'm struggling to recall others but the rock was the most prominent one yeah. if i'm honest I, I think it boils down to one thing, and I know this is going to sound so silly, but I think it's true. It was the name. So guy, the guy who is shoot named Joe Henning, right? which is a great, like, salt-of-the-earth pro wrestler name. Yeah, that's an old NWA name right yeah. there. Joe Henning, great name. He gets brought <laughs> in in NXT, I think it was season two, as Michael McGillicuddy. So that you're already just, chopping oof. him off at the knees by completely yeah. taking away his third generation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, they heritage. said he was third generation, but you cut that yeah. heritage out and you you make him sound like an absolute doofus. Michael McGillicuddy is not going to be headlining WrestleMania anytime soon. Not to say Joe Henning would, but at least it feels better. Well, I mean, The Miz headlined WrestleMania, which is a ridiculous name. (laughs) Yeah, very, very true. But it's it's just one of those things where it's like it's the the NXT name generator gone terribly wrong for Michael McGillicuddy. And then they're like, all right, you know what? We're going to give him a big push. He comes from this heritage. Kurt Henning, Larry the Axe Henning. I got it. Curtis Axel. Yeah, it was right fucking there, guys. Yeah, Joe Henning. And, and, and look, I'm not going to say a guy had like a, a 10 out of 10 look. Uh, speaking as a balding man myself, probably should have clipped that down. Um, but he he did his job well. He did his role well. I mean, he and Bo made the fucking B team work for a hot minute there. So yeah, it, didn't it, they win the straps at one point? Uh, I believe they did. Uh, I mean, they're the raw tag titles, So who really cares? But still, um, he, they did have them. It's just one of those things where I, I look at him and I look at his legacy and he's going to go down as one of those guys. He should, he could have been in the same lexicon. And I recognize Looking at both of their histories, they're kind of a mishmash, but of uh, um, uh, a Cody Rhodes in WWE or, um, uh, oh God, what was his name? Uh, DiBiase's kid. Ted DiBiase Jr. Oh, he he was Ted DiBiase Jr. I thought it was something DiBiase, but he could have been in that same realm of talent if he was allowed to kind of run with the name. I mean, I don't know that Randy Orton would have worked if his name was, I don't know. John Randall, like I, I don't know, <laughs> right? I don't know that that would have been the same level of oomph. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. He's definitely, you know, I would say it, on the scale of second and third generation superstars, he's right at the bottom with his partner Bo Dallas and Ted DiBiase Jr. I mean, yeah. at least DiBiase Jr. You know, had the legacy bit with Orton mm-hmm. and Rose, and then had a couple decent storylines um but yeah it's it's you know I, and he doesn't seem like one of the guys who's gonna 
go light up the indies. No, I mean, I could no. be wrong, uh, but I, I, I don't foresee him having this legendary run in Ring of Honor where he adds prestige to the ROH belt or maybe or he something. does. I mean, maybe I, that's possible. maybe that's what he needs—a different, uh, a change of scenery, a different uh, mentality of. I could of, see him in work NWA. Rate. I could see him pop up in NWA. He'd I, work well there. Yeah. Uh, but on the whole, it's one of those things where you kind of go, I, I, you know what? I, I saw a, a tweet, which I thought was funny. He's like, can we actually get together a list of, of the WWE talent when they're cut that we, we should feel bad for and could have been main eventers so we could figure out how exactly to handle this each time. Cause uh, you know, when I heard he got cut, I, all I could really say to myself was, eh, that makes sense. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> it, it was not anywhere near the gut punch of some of the guys who were cut weeks ago. This was just sort of a. Yeah, yeah, that feels right. Yeah, I mean, like, a Zack Ryder was never a main event guy, but he was in enough, <clears throat> enough, uh, you know, prominent stories and won a number of belts a couple of times to be like, oh, shit, Ryder? Yeah, uh, yeah. Not, not so, I was like, oh, Axel, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> a totally different. Good luck, uh, bud. Totally different mindset there. So, have a, have a know, great future in selling real estate. Can't wait for him to show up on Jericho's podcast. Exactly, exactly. He's going to talk about all the bad creative that that he tossed away. Um, he won't say a bad word about Bo, though, because I don't no. think anybody could say a bad word about Bo. You got that jiggle belly, though. Uh, the bow belly, yeah. Yeah, the bow belly. We yeah, love yeah, that yeah. bow belly. Uh, anyway, yeah, that's that's your update on, on cuts and furloughs. Elsewhere in WWE this week, we found out that the clusterfuckery of the Money in the Bank main event is going to be even more clusterfuckery. It was announced, of course, last week that Money in the Bank was going to be held in WWE headquarters. Uh This week we discovered that Money in the Bank will be happening both matches at the same time. Is that Jim still in Titan Tower? Uh, It is. I I seem to recall uh, Mr. and Mrs. Gargano posting photos from there. Okay, They did update the WWF lights. Oh no! Why? I mean, they're, those, those they, are... they, they're still really cheeseball, but it's just okay. the WW now. Like, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuckers. But, uh, uh, I, I I do recall uh, Candice and Johnny Gargano posting photos from there not long ago. Okay, all right. I remember. God, was it the was it the Warrior comic? Do you remember that? I do. Didn't that begin with Vince McMahon in like a, a drawn version of the uh, WWF gym? I could be mistaken. It might, have. it might have. I just remember there were a lot of photo shoots from that gym in WWF magazine, which yes, you better believe that. I purchased many a copy of from the local newsstand. Yeah, I had a year or two subscription for that that I conned my parents into getting for me. Yeah. By the way, uh, yes, I did walk uphill in the snow both ways without shoes. That's one of the oldest sentences I've ever said. Yes, I purchased that magazine at the newsstand. Uh, headline news, a white marshmallow. Uh, hell yeah. <laughs> Is that still a thing? I feel like oh, I, don't... I, I feel like it was mostly reduced to a lottery ticket selling location. Like uh, a corner by the Boscovs. Yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think next to like a tobacco shop and a jewelry store or something like yes, that. Yes. Yeah, I think I, I don't know. Uh, it had been a while since I walked White Marsh Mall prior to pandemic. Yeah. Um, PP. Can we call, start calling it PP? Yes, yes. Pandemic? We have, we have uh, BC, AD, and PP. <laughs> yes, there we go. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, I remember so, a funny side story. Yes. I remember buying my first Playboy. 
oh. <laughs> at a newsstand in a mall. Yeah. It was uh, it was Towson Town Center, mm-hmm. and this is the worst possible excuse to buy a Playboy magazine. Okay. Um, I bought the Playboy magazine not for the uh, nude girl pictorials, but for a Metallica interview (laughs) (laughs) by Playboy uh, magazine around the time of Jason Newstead leaving the band. So it was like a big, uh, big kind of expose sort of thing. And uh, I think I had it until a couple of years ago when I moved. I'm like, oh, my God, I still have this and shredded (laughs) it or threw it in the trash. I'm sure that interview is archived online somewhere at this point. Oh, probably. To to that point, here's a fun trivia bit about your boy Marty, uh, uh, OG538, write this one down. I, and this may be shameful, I don't know, I have never actually purchased smut. I think that was the only thing I've ever purchased. Everything else I've gotten secondhand or um, for free. Yeah, it was all internet for me. Like I, th- I th- it's yeah. probably an age thing where it's just like, sure. you know, the age range we're in was right where like by the time I was eighteen, I had access to cable internet. So therefore, it was just like, oh, well, I don't need. To. Here we go. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The 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 rite of passage of your eighteen, and therefore you go to the. Uh, creepy uh, adult video store on Route 40. Uh, that was not uh, that was not something that I needed to do. <laughs> yeah. Now I've been in those stores, uh, yeah. but I don't think I've ever bought anything. I think I, honestly, I think that Playboy is the only piece of pornography I've ever bought with my own money. I mean, mm-hmm. there were you know some magazines that got passed around, um, sure. and working at a radio station where porn stars came up. They oh, would yeah. leave some some DVDs around every now and then. Yeah. Uh, so I had a couple of those, but yeah, I think that was the only bit of a uh, of a. Uh, it's a pornography store. Yeah. I was buying pornography. pornography yes. <laughs> <laughs> that was the only bit of that for me. But yeah, the internet was, man. Yeah. I, you know, I know there's stories of you know. Uh, found porn in the woods for mm-hmm. uh, coming mm-hmm. of age uh, uh, teens Utes. or. Or, you know, parents' porn stash sort of thing uh, that you stumble across. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Dad had some good magazines. Anyway, Dad, back to the pro wrestling. Dad was a hustler guy. <laughs> oh, hey. Well done, Papa Like a lot. He liked it a lot. Uh, uh, so, yeah, the Money in the Bank's going to be an absolute clusterfuck. Uh, also in WWE this week, uh, great news, everybody. <laughs> I know you've been waiting for it. Jinder Mahal has returned. Yeah, to like no build or fanfare. They're like at the top of the show. They're like, "Hey, Jinder Mahal's going to be here later." Yep. Okay, like, yep. pretty much what is, we got. Is he in a program or did he just squash somebody? He just squashed somebody. Uh, in cool. fact, I can affirm that he squashed Akira Tozawa, the guy who won. No, he lost. Yeah. He lost his first match. Okay, all right. Yeah, still. <laughs> I was about to say. <laughs> um. Elsewhere on Raw, we, uh, you know, talking about the Money in the Bank show, uh, we got a SmackDown tag team title match added to Money in the Bank. It's a four-way, as it's going to be the new day of Big E and uh, Kofi Kofi Kingston defending against Miz and Morrison, the Lucha House Party of all duos, and the Forgotten Sons. The Forgotten Sons? Yeah, they got called up. And this week on SmackDown, they got a clean win on the New Day in a non-title match. What? Yes. Come on. Yep. 
Cutler, Blake, and racist McGillicuddy. Yeah, well, let's be honest. They're, they're a full mega chud group at this point. Oh, God. I can only imagine the raging boner Vince McMahon has for that group. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, makes me sick. God, there's such nothings. Yeah, yeah. I, there's the, just there's nothing. nothing there. There's literally nothing there. But, um, hey, that's. That's how you do it, folks. When you want to get less than two million viewers, bring up the the uh, Forgotten Sons. I so must call them the, the Midnight Sons, which is an old okay. '90s Marvel Comics reference. Yeah, that was uh, what? That was um, hold on, don't tell me it was Ghost Rider. Yes, Blade. Uh huh. Oh shit. Um, Jared Leto. Jared Leto. Jared Leto. Oh, uh, Morbius. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I want to put Luke Cage in there. I don't think Luke Cage was in there. Now, who's the fourth? Uh, Johnny Blaze. Oh, because it was Danny Ketch, Ghost Rider. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Should have known that because I, uh, I have a uh, signed cop, signed issue of uh, Danny Ketch, Ghost Rider number one. I think it was signed by Mark Teixeira, who yeah. was uh, an artist on it. I remember buying that for 25 bucks at the cutting edge. Hell yeah. <laughs> Back in the day, <laughs> which was my local comic shop. Yes, oh, mine as well. Oh, yours, yours as well. Yeah, yes. I forget we we grew up strangely yes. close to each other. Yes. Didn't know each other. <laughs> yes, we have we have weird little interpersonal connections as Facebook yes. shows me on a regular basis. Wait a minute, you know these people? Hang on. Small to more yes. at its worst or best. Yes. Um, anyway, yeah, I can imagine that eventually uh, on a SmackDown or some shitty B or C pay per view, we're going to get some kind of. Um, wall themed match with the forgotten sons in a lucha house party because <laughs> oh, that sounds like something vince mcmahon oh, is bubbling God. in the back of his senile racist mind um that you know maybe maybe if that happens i'll resubscribe to the network i won't <laughs> uh, i will say that uh if anything i'm just kind of amused that the lucha house party are getting a push right now even the vegas of ones i'm kind of happy yeah. Uh, because Grand Metalik is literally one of the greatest workers in the world who they've done nothing with since hiring three years ago. Something like that. So the Usos aren't a part of this? Uh, no, because guess what? Jimmy Uso is out six to nine months with a knee injury. Oh, no. I didn't hear yeah, that. Yeah, that was Oops. news that broke over the weekend. Oh, Jimmy so, uh, That means we're finally getting that Jay Uso singles push at some point. Shame it's not time for mix match challenge for uh well I don't know if that's I never know which one's married to Naomi. I can't tell them <laughs> apart. They're twins. How am yeah, I supposed to tell yeah. them apart? Do you think they they do... just call them Uso. Yeah. Do you think they do twin magic on <laughs> on Naomi? Oh man. The old <laughs> the the old Pierre on uh the Eiffel Tower on Naomi. <laughs> Switching it out. I've yeah. seen that pulled off successfully in a couple of videos online. So yeah, I can imagine that happening. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Whenever there's a blindfold involved, I am interested. Let's put it that way. <laughs> uh, elsewhere in WWE this week, talking about injuries, Kevin Owens is actually sidelined. Turns out when he jumped off the WrestleMania side, he hurt his ankle. So that's why he hasn't been on television. Out of all the things you hurt jumping off of a sign, I wouldn't expect the ankle to be towards the top of that list. Yeah. So he's that's why he's been hanging out at home posting photos of his cats, which... If you haven't, that is a oh, pro Twitter click, ladies and gentlemen. Hop yes. on there. Uh, I mean, Kevin Owens is really good at Twitter anyway. <laughs> yes, he is. But, uh, yeah, his cats are pretty great also. Um, yeah. Also a Simpsons fan, if I 
remember correctly. Yes. And speaking of Kevin Owens, let's talk about his buddy, Sami Zayn, because that's why I want to put out a missing persons report. <laughs> so Sami Zayn, uh, he also posted recently on Twitter about cats. So we know he's okay. We know he's alive. Yeah. Well, Sami Zayn. Unless somebody stole his phone and is trying to woo us with cat photos. Fair. Sami Zayn is your current WWE Intercontinental Champion. Oh, fuck. I forgot he was a champion. Sami Zayn, up until last week, was the leader of a faction featuring Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura. Mm -hmm. They were embroiled in a feud with Daniel Bryan Mm -hmm. and Drew Gulak. This week on the top of SmackDown, to build money in the bank, Daniel Bryan came out. He did a promo. He made a joke about possibly using the elevators in the uh, WWE headquarters to just head to the top of the building and get the briefcase. It was enjoyable. He got attacked by his fellow Money in the Bank participant, Baron Corbin. Baron Corbin beat him down with a ladder. And who would help (laughs) Baron Corbin but Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura, and they just acted as if they've been a group the entire time. Wait, so they subbed Zayn for Corbin? Yes. Or Corbin, strike that, reverse it. Yes. So The worst find and replace on an MS Word document ever. Oh my god. Yeah, that's that's drizzling shits right there. Yeah. And I think the thing that is more concerning is that they're just acting like that was the group the whole time. Well, I mean, that's not a shock because they rewrite their own current storylines as they go along. So it doesn't shock me that that happened. It doesn't make sense, but it doesn't yeah. shock me. Uh, wow. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a bummer. So I guess the Baron Corbin Elias bit is put to bed now. Yeah, it seems to be. Which Uh, it should have been at WrestleMania, but for whatever reason it extended. Okay. All right. So, man. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Very weird. Very sure. So Sami Zayn, I think if I read correctly, chose not to come to the most recent tapings. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's political based or health based. Uh, Why not both? Yeah, it could could have been either. I mean, uh, Sami Zayn probably as far away from the uh, politics of a Vince McMahon as you can get. Mm -hmm. Very true. Uh, The David Starr of the WWE, uh, pretty much. Uh, Heart's in a good place, you know. Um, Yeah, that's that's, that's interesting. I'm curious to see how that plays out. I'm um, not sure of his contract status. Uh, I believe you know, he extended his contract around the same time that Owens, Owens. did. Yeah, but that was like a year or so ago, right? Yeah, but I, if I recall correctly, this was prime AEW time, so it might have been a five-year extension. Mm-hmm. So okay. he could be locked in for a while. I mean, he could ask for his release That's true. from his contract That's if true. he were so unhappy with how things were going there. And again, this is all, you know, rumors and scuttlebutt and speculation. Yeah. No idea what's going through. Conjecture, uh, hearsay, whatnot. Yeah, what's going through his mind here. But if, you know, I, I feel like a good way to bring him back would to be to go to your uh, favorite record store, pick up a copy of a Real Big Fish album mm-hmm. and play it really loudly yes. and see, uh, you know, uh, put on a uh, some checkered vans, stand in a mirror mm-hmm. and say Sky's Life three times in a row yes. and same thing will appear behind you. Yeah. Little known fact, if you play Turn the Radio Off by Real Big Fish Backwards, it says <laughs> El Generico is dead. <laughs> God damn it. 
<laughs> That's hysterical. <laughs> uh, he's uh, all about selling out. Yes, indeed. Uh, before we get into our standard recap of the Wednesday Night Wars, because that is the wrestling war we give a shit about, uh, some quick news bits and notes from the rest of the wrestling rest uh, rest of the wrestling world. Easy for me to say. Um, Impact wrapped up their rebellion two week special event and you're gonna love this chris the way that they handled the whole issue of their, their original champion main not event, being there <laughs> their champion not being there and the original main event not happening because mm-hmm. it's supposed to be michael elgin versus uh, eddie edwards versus tessa blanchard for the mm-hmm. impact world title mm-hmm. is uh moose declared himself the tna champion okay that's right a man not involved in this storyline at all has claimed a championship that is defunct. Okay. And that that was their workaround. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Airtight. Solid. Perfect. Cool. Cool. Cool, 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 Also, in the world of pro wrestling, uh, Ring of Honor has canceled all their June events. Not surprising, but that includes, of course, the best in the world pay-per-view that was going to be in our backyard. So yeah. definitely a bummer. Also, uh, Marty Skrull, uh Booker of Ring of Honor, gave an interview saying that he's very open to working with AEW, thinks it could happen, just has to get the timing right, and he's still in contact with the Elite, uh, mostly the Bucks, I think, and um, you know, hoping that uh, that can work out. I'm sure New Japan is uh, loving hearing that. <laughs> oh, hey, look, if, 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 there's any, if there's ever been a time, excuse me, if there's ever been a time for companies to work together it's right now um there's there's definitely a survival play and we we saw that actually uh, just kind of a random news note that i saw that was interesting uh big japan pro wrestling uh which has been around since i believe 1995 uh if you think about the tier of companies uh in um professional wrestling here in the states they're definitely the czw of japan down to the point of being the home of deathmatch wrestling Uh, they had to do a crowdfunding experiment to see if they can continue on as a company as of this recording they have reached forty thousand dollars in funding which is pretty cool how many Uh, yen is that uh that would be (laughs) uh, four million yen i believe oh all right yeah Typically, you just add two zeros, and that that gives you where you are. Gotcha. Um, but uh, I just I'll wanted to point out that that's that's basically where we're at right now for smaller companies to survive. They have to crowdfund. I would not be shocked if we see something similar for uh, the CZWs, the GCWs, the um, AIWs of the world. Do they have contracted talent? Why are what are Big their Japan, expenses right now? Big Japan does have contracted okay. talent, but basically the idea is uh, most of these companies, uh, the smaller companies in Japan, there are people who work full time, but they're freelance. Therefore, they are hand to mouth in terms of they get a show, the money goes to them, and you know right. that that's that's how they make their living. No shows means they can't make their living, so it it definitely. Um, makes life difficult for entire generations of pro wrestling stars in Japan right now. Okay. Basically, everyone below New Japan is not in a good spot right now. 
Yeah, it's uh, and Japan still no sign of when they're gonna open up and start things. I mean, they're talking about maybe saying that the Olympics that were pushed back to 2021 won't happen. Yeah. So you know, but it's okay. Open the Florida beaches. Everybody will be fine. Yeah, yeah it'll, it, it'll be fine. Uh, also on the general wrestling news and notes tip, uh, AEW. Some news and notes from that. We had the first official tease of the revolt. On being the elite this week, mm-hmm. as uh, the end of the being the elite episode, Nick and Matt Jackson looked to the sky, and what did they see written in the sky? But FTR, yeah, forever me. the revolt. Yes, uh, fear the revolt. I think fear the revolt, um, which I think is being contested. The trademarks being contested in court by uh, by Vinnie Mac and Jerry McDevitt. There. Well, there's that. There's also a uh, Carolina's based. Te- <coughs> excuse me, Carolina's. Ba- I'm having a terrible time talking today. Great for a podcast. A Bushmouth oh, Marty. Yes, a Carolina's based tag team called the Revolt, who ah. had the name. Previously. But didn't trademark it. Uh, I I don't know exactly what's going on there. I just know that there's some uh, some grumpy folks down that way. So we'll see hey, what happens there. Should have trademarked it. <laughs> yes, and uh, Cody has addressed two different possible signings to AEW from the recent ba- bout of WWE cuts, saying that he may not sign Zack Ryder because he doesn't want AEW to become quote unquote all friends wrestling. Okay, and uh, he in a uh, Instagram live was asked about Heath Slater and said simply no. And Heath Slater has taken him to task for that saying not signing him would be a bad business decision. Wow. Okay. Um, I can't say I want to see Zack Ryder in AEW. Yeah. So I can't say I'm super stoked on it either. Um, I, you know, he's not never really did much for me. Uh, definitely more of a character than a, uh, than a wrestler, mm-hmm. uh, I'd say, but yeah, Heath Slater again, maybe it's just so many years of seeing these people in a WWE style makes me think that they wouldn't be, they wouldn't be a fit in with the AEW style. I mean, even Sean Spears still really hasn't, you know, he's yeah. kind of getting there. He's working on it. To his credit, yeah, yeah. he was, uh, I guess, gifted uh, or blessed, uh, given the blessing to use a sharpshooter um, mm. by Bret Hart. Um, so, I mean, you know, would that have happened if he were not Canadian? Maybe not. But either way, um, the WWE style just doesn't sync with the AEW style. And that's not to say that, you know, a Zack Ryder or a Heath Slater or, you know, the uh, I feel like Rusev would be a bigger fit because he's more of a brutish style mm-hmm, mm-hmm. sort of thing. I, I think Rusev would be absolutely perfect for AEW, if I'm honest. But Heath, you know, I, I can't see Heath Slater doing anything worthwhile in yeah. in all elite wrestling. He just doesn't. And I could be wrong. And, you know, maybe one day I'll be proven wrong. But to me, the it's not a fit. If they didn't have so many talents right now who we aren't seeing on a regular basis, yeah. uh, your private parties, your sunny kisses, you know, uh, I'm sure there are others I'm neglecting right now. But if there were Janella, uh, Joey Janella, <laughs> there we go. Uh, if there weren't so many people that they had already signed, I didn't feel like we were seeing on a regular basis. I'd be all for it. Yeah, let's let's give a splash of this guy and, and see if they sink or swim. I'm not really feeling it. Um uh, you know, there are definitely uh, some hands that we got to see 
in this recent bout of Georgia tapings where I'm like, hey, let's give them another shot. Let's let's see if more of them looking at you, Sugar Dunkington. Um, Pineapple Pete. I hate yeah, that guy. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that we need a Heath Slater. I, I, I want Heath Slater to continue to make money in professional wrestling. Sure. Sure. But sure. I don't know if he's the right fit for that company. It's, well, I it's mean, hard to say. Maybe Heath Slater will complete the 3MB trifecta of going to the Indies, getting your shit together, and getting re-signed to Doing WWE. a lot of steroids! Wait, what's I that? I mean, you know, two of the three became uh, WWE champions. Yes, so, yes. you know, complete the complete the trifecta, Heath. Yeah. Get jacked. Do it for your kids. Yeah. Fulfill the um, legacy. Fulfill the 3MB legacy. And uh, speaking of which, why is Jinder Mahal not going after Drew McIntyre? Because Drew McIntyre is currently tied up with one Seth Rollins. I'm sure that's going well. Who now is kind of dressing like John Wick. Okay, I thought he was like Jesus allegory Seth Rollins. Yeah, now he's just dressing like John Wick. Okay. Anyway, let's talk about the Wednesday Night Wars, Chris. Do you want to talk about (laughs) NXT first or AEW first? Well, I again watched the Hulu cut of NXT. So I got a couple of the matches. So we can go through that first. All right, so uh, NXT kicked off with Tom Phillips inside Full Sail, welcoming viewers to the show. He was joined on commentary by both Mauro Ranallo and Beth Phoenix, but uh, they were not shown live, so the assumption is that either they were doing it remotely or they recorded their commentary later. I I will say there was some awkwardness in the commentary, which made me think that it was sort of recorded separately. Um, Yeah. But because yeah. Moro is in California with a travel ban, if I'm not yeah, mistaken, and correct. Beth is in uh, North Carolina. Yes, Asheville. I think is where. Yeah. Um, but and she doesn't want to leave house, leave their house because of the kids and uh, stuff like that. So, have we seen Edge since Mania, by the way? We have not seen Edge since okay. Mania. Interesting. Again. Well, I mean, I wouldn't expect him to show up in Money in the Bank. That would probably be not good for his <laughs> neck. Yeah, no, 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 no. Not even in this, uh, what I assume is just going to be kind of a ridiculous slapdash, slapstick comedy film that will be Money in the Bank. I don't think it's a good idea for him. Anyway, yeah. show kicked off with uh, another match from the Cruzador Round Robin Tournament. It was the Kristoff Special. As we got two <laughs> Lucha Underground vets, Isaiah Swerve Scott. And El Hijo del Fantasma. Yes. El Hijo del Fantasma successfully avoided being kidnapped and was in this match. But it was not the end of him possibly being kidnapped because the NXT uh, parking lot continues to be the most dangerous location in all of professional wrestling. But before any of that happened, they had a match. I thought it was really good, Chris. Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously, my Lucha Underground biases being what they are, I enjoy the work of both of these guys, and I thought they worked really well together, and I was honestly a little bit shocked at the outcome. I expected uh, El Hijo de Fantasma uh, to, to get the push through, but uh, no, it took the pin here uh, to uh, to Swerve. Yeah, Swerve cut a promo after the match, said that this is going to be Swerve's house. And then uh, we came back with that video from the commercial break of those masked men trying to kidnap Phantasma again. See, I missed that on the Hulu cut. They cut that. Yeah. He continues to nearly be kidnapped and then fights him off. It is is really ridiculous. Slippery, that Ijo del Phantasma. Yes. Very weird. We had a promo from Dominic Dijakovic talking shit about Johnny Gargano. So that's going to be a match next week on NXT. Okay. That could be a good match. 
And speaking of Johnny Gargano, he popped up as a manager in the match that followed, managing his wife, the new dark and evil Candice LeRae, which basically just seems to be the prototypical move for women in the NXT roster. When in right. doubt, turn evil. Candice LeRae had a match with Dye returning Casey Catanzaro. That was cut from Hulu. I didn't see this. Oh, man. It was actually really good, including... Um, uh, Candice has a new finisher, which is the Wicked Stepsister, is what it's called. Okay. She's doing Super Dragon's old curb stomp. She grapevines the legs and then stomps the head. It okay. Rolls. Yes. All right. So Ice Queen uh, Emma Frost, a.k.a. Mrs. Gargano. Yeah. Going out there and getting it done. Okay. Yeah. All right. Her gear had kind of like a dark Tinkerbell feel, which... Makes sense. Uh, makes sense for her. I don't know yeah. that it works for pro wrestling, but I was definitely in my head like, oh, you're still cosplaying like you're going to Disneyland. That's adorable. <laughs> yeah, heels shouldn't cosplay. Yeah, that's also Johnny Gargano was wearing this white jacket, which either was one of the silliest things I've ever seen or the coolest jacket I've ever seen. It's hard to say. Was it like a members only style jacket? Or... Yeah, she also had like this weird like textury wrap around the arm. I, I don't know. I don't know. I might okay. might have to share that with you uh, later. Um, Interesting. So um, uh, after the match, even though she got the win, that wasn't enough for Candice LeRae as she threw uh, Casey Catanzaro into the Gargano escape as Johnny was just beaming with pride. Okay. All right. Did uh, did they shove the cup in, in her face? No, no. As insult to injury? They did not make her smell the glove. That was not one of the things they did there. Um, we had a promo from Damian Priest on Keith Lee to build up the main event of the evening. And then we had one of the weirder segments of the show as the current NXT tag team champions. That's just what they're being called. Even though one of them is definitely not really technically one of the NXT tag team champions. Matt Riddle and Timothy Thatcher played the newly bros show. Thankfully, this was cut from Hulu as well. They cut this from Hulu? Yeah. I mean, I was kind of on my phone while watching. Oh, um, wow. But uh, pretty, the, the only things I remember uh, were the four matches. It was the two Cruzador matches, the main event, and the uh, Mia Yim Charlotte match. Okay. Well, it, it was basically a spoof of the newlywed game. Sure. Where they're trying to show that they're good at uh, knowing <laughs> each other. Byron Saxton played the game Dying. show host. And uh, they played a laugh track. Oh, no. Laugh tracks are death. Yeah. Don't Um, if you don't. It's so insulting to the audience to tell them when to laugh or when they're supposed to laugh. I despise laugh tracks. It worked in the 80s. It worked in the 90s. It does not work nowadays. Yeah. Well, uh, at the end of the segment, There was a heel beatdown of Matt Riddle and Timothy Thatcher as Fabian Eichner and Marcel Bartel from Imperium beat the crap out of them. Isn't Imperium tied up with Finn Balor right now? Who the hell knows? Finn Balor got taken out last week on a show he wasn't actually there for. So, uh, but isn't he uh, announced for next week's show? He is announced for next week's show where he's going to address who took him out. Is he in the States? I don't know. (laughs) And. This what I do know fun. is, if I'm honestly guessing where this is going, Tim Thatcher's joining back up with his ring comp voice. Oh, okay. All right. Was he a part of that? Yeah. Yeah. Ring comp originally was Walter and Timothy Thatcher. 
Oh, before okay. it became Imperium and in, in NXT UK. So gotcha, gotcha. So that's that's where I see this going because the whole thing, especially in the the really cheesy newlywed game angle that they did before, was that Timothy Thatcher can't stand Matt Riddle. Sure. So that that's what I'm thinking. Anyway, we got a promo. Have, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Have uh, did Walter and uh, Riddle ever tangle in the Indies? They might have been Involve. I don't recall. Off involve or Evolve? Oh, sorry. Evolve. <laughs> okay, all right. I didn't know if there was a fed I was missing. They might have gotten involved with each other in Evolve. Okay, they, they had a match with InGen uh, on Isla Nubar. Uh, <laughs> it, was, it was a T-Rex versus a, a very high Velociraptor. <laughs> I'm sorry, Chris. I'm, I'm, I'm very, very mushmouth today. And it's I okay, That's all right. I'll just make fun of you for it. I apologize mostly to the listeners and viewers. Um, Nobody watches this shit. Yeah, that's fair. They listen. <laughs> they listen. We know they listen. They tell all us six of them. Yes. Thank you, guys. Um, hey, I plugged it on the uh, on the uh, stream last night. So, oh, thank you. Yeah, we'll, we'll see if our Patreon gets a bump. Yes. Uh, NXT champion Adam Cole cut a promo. Because Maybe. guess what, Chris? Next week we're getting him versus Velveteen Dream. So I guess Velveteen Dream is uncanceled. To work not canceled. Uh, on hiatus. It's complicated. Let's go with it's complicated. It's definitely okay. it's complicated. The most uncomfortable of all Facebook statuses. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, well, I mean, I'm sure the match will be good because mm-hmm. they're both. If it uh, happens. If yeah. If if it happens. Interesting. Maybe we get some uh, some UE involvement. Don't know who else would come out to to the aid of uh, of Dream. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. We we shall see. Um, but we had a non-title match between Charlotte Flair and Mia Yim, which I thought was actually pretty good. But it was really more just to set up next week's match. What did you think of this match, Chris? I thought it was one of the better Mia Yim matches. Mia Yim matches. See, now you're, uh, <laughs> you're transmitting your mush mouth uh, via Wi-Fi to me. Uh, it was pretty good. I, I enjoyed it. I mean, Charlotte can, you know, get a get a three and a half star match out of you and me or my cat. Um, yeah. So, you know, it was, it was it was good. I liked it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, but, like you know, major complaints or 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 whatever. I mean, yeah. Charlotte obviously had to win this. Um, yeah. Still like seeing the, the figure eight. Figure eight's a cool move. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not a big Mia Yim fan. I, I think the head baddie in charge nickname is really cringy. Uh, but mm-hmm. I, I thought she looked really good here. But again, this is just to set up uh, a confrontation between Io Shirai and Charlotte Flair because next week we are getting that one on one bout for the title. As basically you're turning next week into a mini takeover. Yeah, I mean, smart on NXT's uh, side because uh, AEW is back to going live. So they're trying to load the show to uh, to, to spike the viewers, I guess. Yeah. So we'll see if it works. It may because last time they had a takeover, you know, themed or level show uh-huh. on Wednesday night. They won the uh, they won the popular vote, uh, yes. but maybe not the Electoral College. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So we'll see what happens. Uh, what happens this week? But yeah, Io Shirai, Charlotte Flair should be a banger. Yeah, very and much looking forward to that. God willing, uh, Io Shirai wins. Yes, that would be amazing. Probably not going to happen, but that would be amazing. Carrie yeah. uh, and Cross got a cool vignette. Uh, and God, that name sucks. It, yeah, name sucks. And we had uh, the official announcement, as you said before, Finn Balor coming back next week on NXT to talk about who attacked him. I'm- 
gonna ooh, 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 I have ooh. no idea who it's gonna be. Then in a match that was baffling from all fronts, it was Dexter Loomis defeating Shane Thorne. Oh uh, yeah, that didn't didn't see this one. Well, you know what? It's probably for the best because Okay, so Dexter Loomis randomly was added to that main event tag team match last week. Well, added himself. Yeah, added himself, rather. Not addressed or brought up at all. Okay. And Shane Thorne was treated like a jobber the same week where on Raw, Shane Thorne and Brendan Vink were announced as the new tag team that MVP is going to be managing. Um, What? That was a lot of words that don't make sense to me. Yeah, yeah. So they're doing managers they're again? They're doing managers again, including MVP. And he's managing the Australian duo of Shane Thorne and Brendan Vink. So are they TM62 now? Uh, or I, just I guess. Adding... <laughs> I guess. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. Cool. But he got to job to Dexter Loomis. They have like 200 people in the performance right. center. They could have just picked one. Okay, all like, right. So why is it Mansoor tapping out to Dexter Loomis here? Has Dexter Loomis had any kind of vignette or anything nope. showing any kind of motivation or promo or nope. anything like that? Nothing. I mean, I think he was a part of the outbreak thing, right? So he had like a little vignette about that a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Aside from that, I can't remember any kind of character development for Dexter Loomis, aside from him kind of lurking in the background and adding himself into matches and yeah. it's just being over the, the past few weeks they made the him like a guy. Okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> some qu- some question markable choices here. Yeah, we got a promo from Keith Lee on Damian Priest again uh-huh. uh, to push their match at the end of the night. The Cruisador tournament continued as it was Drake Maverick against Pretty Dece, Tony Nice. <sighs> This match yeah. was. Did did Drake Maverick drop an f bomb in his promo? Um. Uh, do you mean the post match one? Yes. Maybe. Sounded like he did. Uh, yeah. I think he said, "I'm not fucking leaving." Yeah. Because uh, he was all fired up. I yeah. feel like you could kind of see it on his face that he knew he he fucked up <laughs> there by saying yes. something. It wasn't bleeped in the Hulu cut, so I heard it relatively clear i was like oh, it kind of sounds like he said fuck there yeah it might have been freaking but you know the deep british accent might have possibly but uh but spud picks up the w he's still yeah. alive in the uh interim cruisador tourney here so i uh, swear to god if they don't sign next. him if they don't sign him, uh, he goes against kushida next oh, oh uh, that's right he said that in the promo if they don't re-sign him because he's really doing some of the best work of his career right now you going to put him over Kushida? You know what? Yeah, what the hell? It's not like they've done anything with Kushida. Well, maybe this is the chance to. I don't I don't know. Who has more upside? Kushida or Spud? Probably Kushida, but it's a lose-lose situation. It is. It is, and that's what they love doing to themselves uh, over at the E. Um, they love booking themselves into a corner and sacrificing somebody to the gods of poor planning. But, um, okay, you know, yeah. I, I don't know. I'm so not invested in <laughs> NXT right now, it really doesn't yeah. matter. Um, yeah. But I personally, no offense to, to Dear Spud, um, more of a Kushida fan. So, I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. 
A lot of whatever's coming from over here in regards <laughs> to that NXT. NXT just doesn't it doesn't seem right. I don't It's I, a lack okay. of crowd. It's yeah. what, you know, we, I think we said this last yeah, week. I think we did. It's just you wouldn't have I mean, I guess I always kind of knew the crowd was a big part of it, but it really shows when the crowd's not there how I don't how much they add. It's just it it it's weird. I think the thing that's also frustrating is and again, we're we're probably, you know, driving forward and then backing up and then driving forward and backing up on topics we've already covered is when you compare this in the immediacy of AEW. AEW has adjusted their format, adjusted their right. style, adjusted how things work because there's no live audience. NXT continues to do NXT. NXT. The the same over the top spots, the double down moments where people are supposed to be chanting this is awesome, all that without a crowd. Right. Like there's been no acknowledgement of we need to do things differently. And, um, you know, you could see that in the main event of the evening, which was Keith Lee and Damian Priest. It wasn't a bad match by any means, but like there's no reason for Keith Lee to be doing fucking tornillos to the outside for no one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it it doesn't make sense. Uh, The match was fun. I I enjoyed the match. Yeah. I don't think it reached the levels of the Dijakovic Lee matches. No. Um, But, you know, Priest has slowly kind of crept into being uh, somebody I kind of enjoy watching. Uh, And, you know, I never would have said those words about a punishment Martinez, the uh, non-Mexican. Non-union Mexican Mexican equivalent of Baron Corbin. Yes. 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 The old Senor Spielbergo, uh, Spiel, Spielberg, Spielbergo. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Man. <laughs> I passed my, it to I'm, you. I'm in my head now. You got in my head. You're welcome. Um, yeah, it, it was fun. It was a good match. It wasn't, you know, anything. It would have crushed had there been a crowd. Totally. But, but yeah, it, it's the, the, the lack of adaptation that I think is hurting NXT, like you just said. Um, it's just it doesn't have it doesn't have the same feel and appeal to me and it's just not, it's it's just falling flat. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not super excited about it myself. Um, but anyway, let's compare and contrast that to AEW dynamite. This was the final episode of the, I think six weeks of Georgia tapings we've had. And it brought to us the semifinal matches of the TNT title tournament. Uh, well said. Well yes. played. Uh, we had uh, the big semifinal matches between Cody and Darby Allen mm-hmm. and Dustin Rhodes and Lance Archer, which bookended the show. And I think this was overall a very, very strong episode of professional wrestling. Would I agree with Tony Khan's assessment that it's the best episode of pro wrestling in months? Uh, I don't know about that, but I thought it was very, very good. Yeah, it was it was good. He he definitely needs a hype um, simmer down on the hyperbole a little bit. Yes, I, I get that you're excited uh, about what you're putting out there, and all things considered, you know it it was a really good show. But yes. you know, the best, the best, the best. Uh, it may not have been, yes. but it was it, it was very good. There was there was some um, some some good action. There w- were creative uh, vignettes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the commentary team of Skiavone and Le Champion continued uh, to be fantastic, and yeah, it, it was a very 
palatable, um, easy to enjoy two hours of ProRes. Yes, and it kicked off with Cody and Darby Allen. They went nearly 30 minutes. Uh, I thought this match was great. Uh, another great match between Cody and Darby Allen, basically the feud that has started to define AEW in a lot of ways. Um, my only complaint was I thought the finish was a little flat. Uh, I know that there are some people who are like, oh, the finish was so genius. My issue, I realized, especially after I've had some time to take it in, was the way it was shot, it was really unclear as to what happened. Yeah, yeah, the angle that they used was was a bit off because at first I thought it was a botch. Yeah, because I saw that Cody's shoulder was clearly up and Aubrey, I think it was Aubrey, yeah, um, did the count and I was like, wait a second, and then I realized that Darby's shoulders were down. Um, so yeah, the angle didn't help, and it it kind of, I mean, it makes fucking Darby Allen look like a rube. Yeah. Uh, so for those who didn't catch it, the finish was. Cody went for a coffin drop of his own. Right. Darby got the knees up because it's his own move. He had it scouted. So then Darby goes up for a coffin drop, lands it. And while he is on top of Cody, Cody scoots him into a backslide and gets the pin. Yeah. And it was, like I said, it was just very unclear from the angle who actually had the pin. Um, And in turn, when it was, oh, Cody won, it was like, ah, I don't, I don't really love this. Like, look. From the the gestation of this tournament, I thought it was going to be Cody and Archer in the finals. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, although in recent weeks I've had some doubt, we've talked about those doubts. Uh, so I'm not opposed to it being Cody versus Archer, especially as, you know, a, a marquee match for double or nothing. But it's just I needed that little little something extra. Speaking of something extra, uh, a fun little bit that was noted here was um, well, rather from this match that was noted elsewhere that should have been noted here uh, was that this was the first time that Darby pulled Cody past 20 minutes. Dasha didn't do the best job of calling out the times as when Justin Roberts would do, but uh, Darby who started his AEW career with a 20 minute draw, he actually pulled the match past 20 minutes. So basically as the matches go on, Darby, it's closer and closer to beating Cody. Yeah, was there a 30-minute limit on this match? Uh, I don't recall what the time limit was. I yeah, just know either. they went past 20. Okay, so. all right. Yeah, that's a good uh, subtlety that that was brought in there, whether I imagine it was by design. Uh, yeah. But, you know, you can, can't take too many things uh, for, for, for granted there. Um, I like that, you know, AEW has done a good job of weaving stories you know keeping storylines going even though they're not the the main thing each person is focusing on the darby and sammy thing going through a couple of months the cody and darby thing going through a couple of months the cody and archer thing you know mm-hmm. coming to the forefront and not um there's been a number of those storylines that aew has been doing and paying attention to and allowing us you know to pay attention to and pointing out the history that uh, two competitors have when they when they do end up in the ring, whereas in other companies they would say you know nothing or yeah yeah yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I, I appreciate the attention to detail and not undermining our intelligence and memories. A hundred percent agreed. 
Um, so we continued on. We got another profile on Scorpio Sky. This guy has to be getting a major singles push when yeah. they go back to TV this week because it's good stuff. They're they're putting him over huge. And speaking of people we put over huge, we had another injury update from MJF. I swear this is becoming his RNN. Um, he uh, said he's recovered from his life threatening hangnail. However, he nicked his neck while shaving, and now he's wearing a neck brace. Yeah, I mean, he almost bled out, Chris. That's it's a very dangerous uh, spot of the body to bleed. Yeah, uh, you're not far from the jugular there. So, uh, so I'm happy to hear that he's recovering from this uh, this frightening injury. Um, I was thinking, like, what's wrong? What's wrong with this fucking scarf? Why does it look like that? <laughs> and then he did the reveal with the uh, the old neck brace, which will never not be funny. Yes. Uh, it's kind of it was Justin's mo for a period probably still is uh for a long yep. period of time the old neck brace there so uh the foam neck brace love it uh it's good stuff keep it up find something stupid next week yeah just just keep making it weird although i hear he's uh not i hear they actually said it later in the show he's gonna be on uh, okay the live dynamite this week basically we're getting everybody coming back uh i, I think he's gonna be back janelle is gonna be back private party's gonna be back Chris Statlander is going to be back. Um, I'm trying to think who else. Uh, Jungle Boy is going to be back. Can we uh, can we leave Jake Hager at home? Uh, <laughs> is that something we could do? Considering he's the only one who doesn't know how to film something correctly. Uh, we'll, we'll get to there in a minute. We'll get to God that in a minute. Uh, Wardlow had a squash of Musa. Absolutely <laughs> murdered him with the knee to the face in the F10. Oh, oh yeah. That knee was real nasty. Yeah. Yeah, really excited for the the extended Wardlow push coming out of these tapings because it was clear the idea was let's have him murder a million people and he yeah. has so uh, yeah. now let's let's get him in the mix with some some other guys. I I do kind of want to see him kill um, Marco Stunt at some point. <laughs> I mean, Sorry, Marco. Any anybody over six foot's going to get a chance to murder Marco Stunt at yeah. some point. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, bud, you're too good at this. We had yeah. the bubbly bunch, which really was just a setup for what was it? The Manitoba melee. The Manitoba melee. I fucking like this one. I did. I liked it a lot more than the flim flam bullshit. Yeah. So it was a spoof of that video of all the stunt guys that had gone around. Where basically, you know, a punch for one person goes to a punch to another person, and, right. and that sort of thing. Uh, as mentioned, Jake Hager, apparently the only person who can't tell. Uh, their live-in partner, whoever, to film horizontally instead of vertically, so all his stuff looked funky as hell. Yeah. But uh, this was a brawl between the inner circle, which also included Jason Mewes, Kevin Smith, Ted uh-huh. Irvine, Virgil, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, that one guy from Tiger King, um, the some jet rock ski stars. Guy. Yeah, uh, Corey Taylor from yes. Slipknot, um, Duff McKagan, who's a good Gabriel friend of Iglesias, The uh, what? Gabriel Iglesias. Oh yeah, the, Gabriel Iglesias, the uh, the other the um, dwarf uh, comedian that was Brad a part of the Williams. Brad, is that his yeah, name? Brad Williams. There was one other comedian who I didn't even know in uh, there. Lou freaking Ferrigno. Lou Ferrigno, Vicky Guerrero. Yes. Yes. Um. Virgil? Did we say Virgil? You said Virgil, but that's okay. not his AEW name. Sorry. I forget his AEW Soul, tra- name. Uh, Soul, train, Soul Jones. train Jones. That's yes. it. Uh, yeah, that, uh, that may have been 
may have been it, plus or minus one or two people. Yeah. But this was stupid fun. It was basically Chris Jericho, yeah. you know, pulling up Chris Jericho's famous friends, uh, yes. which I'm fine with. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, I, I thought it, I thought it was funny. Yeah, I, I thought it was entertaining. I thought it was fun. Maybe throw one of these out once a year and, and it'll be good. Yeah. Um, but they're they're doing a good job of you know at least having a different gimmick for each episode. Yes. Um. You know I hope that if they're now all together, that something like this. Continues. Oh yeah. Oh man. Proud and powerful back on TV has me very excited. Yeah. But this the the bubbly bunch is a fantastic gimmick, and you know even if they're all going to be there, I feel like you could still do this as a. Um, you know what happened the past week at Inner yes. Circle, where they do the yes. Bubbly Bunch, or make it a uh, web exclusive or something like that. Social Added media to being the elite. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, just break in the Bubbly Bunch takes over being the elite, exactly. sort of thing to build up to um, blood and guts. Blood and guts. There you go. Shit writes itself. Yeah, uh, we Hi, had a no hey, DQ, no countout tag team match between the best friends and the British friends, Jimmy Havoc and Kip <laughs> Sabian. Uh, I thought this was ridiculous and silly. And it was stupid brutal. fun. Uh, it, it was all the plunder, as yeah. Dusty Rhodes would say. All the plunder. Um, a furniture match. Yes. Uh, including Jimmy Havoc eating the ugliest awful waffle. I mean, the awful waffle is a painful looking finisher anyway. Yes. But on a pile of chairs. Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah, but there yeah. were a couple. Um, was it... Uh... It was, it was the number of chair spots that were ew, yeah. a little 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 bit cringy there. And Trent takes some big, stupid bumps, by the way. I mean, yeah, that's kind of Jimmy Havoc's thing, but uh, Trent in particular looked like he wanted to die a thousand deaths. He was very giving of his body during yes. that match for our entertainment. So uh, muchly appreciated there. And, of course, we got the uh, Penelope Ford and Orange Cassidy, you know, gimmicks in there as well um so, so yeah, it was it was fun i mean it was you know it went way longer than i expected it to yeah as well yeah uh but as the ratings have shown these four are ratings gold so uh hey good six. These oh six. sorry these six again who would have thought in 2020 that some of the biggest draws in professional wrestling would be orange Cassidy and chucky e. t not i yeah, that's a it's, hey man, 2020's 2020's wild. Yes, uh, we got a video package for Britt Baker, and I'm just gonna oh. say it: Britt Baker is your MVP of 2020. Man, this was the best one yet. Yeah. This one was fantastic. Uh, very, very much enjoyed this one with uh, Rebel from TNA. Reba, uh, Reba, <laughs> Rebel. Uh, it was fan- it was it was a lot of like. It was a lot of attention to detail for a couple minute vignette of like yes. things hanging in the background and Rebel's name being on the back of her uh, clothes <laughs> yes. that you know Britt was in eyeshot of, but still yeah. <laughs> decided to call her the wrong name. And uh, Doctor Britt Baker is performing these very well. They're well yes. shot and edited. It's very bright as a dentist's office uh, would be, and and, and clean. It's, I, I loved it. I thought it was great. Yeah. But remember, Chris, not everyone can be a role model. People who wear glasses can't unless they're a doctor. Yes. Fat people can't be role models. People I'm over two there. Yeah, people with snaggle teeth can't. Hello. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, tough, tough times uh, from Britt Baker. Uh, just something I've noticed about Britt Baker that uh, it, it's it's become to me like um, Kristen Bell's lazy eye. Once I've noticed it, I can't unnotice it. Uh, Kristen Bell's lazy eye. Yeah, yeah. No, don't ruin her for me. Yep. Uh, so this is the FedEx arrow of Britt Baker. She's kind of a side mouth talker. 
<laughs> I don't know if if she's got like a numb lip or what, but I noticed Spud is also, yeah. and it bothers. It doesn't bother me, but I, I notice it. Yes. Um, Spud does it. Obviously, Stallone is probably the number one yeah. uh, side talker, and then the dude from Heroes who played his yes, son in yes. Rocky movie, uh, uh, the Milo, Milo, Milo uh, Ventimiglia. That's yes. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's a he's a side mouth talker Peter too. Yeah. Pete, oh man, how good was the first season of that show? So good, so good. I'm so happy it only went one season. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, you and i handle heroes like i do everything metallica did after (laughs) snm fair enough okay all right i mean yeah that's how i handle it um we had a sean spears squash where he used the sharpshooter okay it was a thing yeah taz broke down lance archer's blackout in a video package i actually really like these taz video packages it's a perfect use of Taz. Yeah. It's a perfect way to get, um, you know, it shows the actual like physics and science of these moves. Yeah. It's like, you know, why, you know, the old uh, Irish whip argument of mm-hmm. why does this happen? Yes. Um, and even within the confines of pro wrestling to break it down scientifically, it's just a genius idea. Yeah. We had a Brody Lee squash as he murdered Marco Stunt, murdered him fucking dead. Real bad. Man, yeah. uh, it was like, ooh, I know Lance Archer had his way with him, but shit. Yeah. Brody, Brody Lee's had way more forceful impact. Can um, you imagine being Marco Stunt coming to those Georgia tapings and seeing what they had planned for you? I was like, oh, you, sh- you sure, guys? You, yeah. you, you sure? Oh, I'm not feeling too good. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's the Rona. <laughs> he got a chance to cut a little bit of a promo, which yeah. was okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> showed, a little, yes. showed a little bit of heart. Yes. You know, yes. he's still, you know, a little Mississippi mud child. But, uh, yeah. you know, the way he was legit manhandled by Brody Lee and just like legit tossed to the side, like like the blow up doll Kenny Omega wrestled at the end uh, yes. was just, oof, it, you know, it was it was a sight. But Marco's really good in that oh, yeah. role. Yeah, he's you know? fantastic he, in that role. He gets his little flurries in that you think, oh, the underdog can do it. And then he just gets murdered all over again. It's, yeah. it's, it's quite quite entertaining. Speaking of very entertaining, we had a John Moxley promo, which I absolutely loved. This was good. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, just going to summarize the points as it says here in, in the recap, which I always have in front of me. So I remember everything that happened. Uh, he said he was thankful for Jack Daniels, his wife and steel chairs. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> DDTs are always better on steel chairs than not. And that they didn't teach Jake hammer or Jake Hager that at the university of Oklahoma. It's um, a great line. Yes. Uh, he said, uh, he'll be back swearing and bleeding in front of a crowd again soon. And we'll all be together again soon. Nice little, babyface move there yeah. dynamite's live next week so he's throwing some metallica cds in his truck and driving east love it and uh he ended the promo by telling us to support local businesses by ordering takeout and most importantly don't forget to call your grandmother this <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> the probably the least expected thing for him to say yes and that's why it works so well yeah it's like, like oh like on paper, it's some of the most baby facey stuff, but it yeah. was just left of center enough for it to work for Mox. Yeah. 
Like that, I, that's how I the loose cannony John Moxley works. Yes. Not, I'm going to bring a hot dog cart to the ring. No, this no. is he, this is he likes, this is lame. Yeah, he likes barbed wire. Right, local restaurants and his wife. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> put over his wife. Box. Yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which did you hear that she says she got a little bit of heat for uh, for Mox popping up on the backstage uh, from home bit? I, I did hear that. So fucking dumb. It's fucking ridiculous. Yeah, congratulations. WWE backstage actually had a segment people cared about for once. Right, it was the only time people had talked about backstage since Punk returned. Yeah, and Punk's been on there multiple times since, which tells you how great oh, investment that was for everybody. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, announced Get your for, money, Phil. Announced for next week, MJF's returning. Uh, John Moxley versus Frankie Kazarian, another one of those AEW matches I didn't know I wanted, but once I heard yep. it, I'm interested. And in a street fight, Kenny Omega and Matt Hardy against the Sex Gods, Chris right. Jericho and Sammy Guevara. This should be a lot of fun. Also, not a match that was announced during the show, but is going to be on Dynamite this week. Cody versus Joey Janela. Okay. Yeah. So Joey's back. Curious yeah. to see... How this uh, pans out. Does Darby get involved? Yeah. Does oh. Lance Archer get involved? Or do we see a, a angrier, more violent Cody? And he would have reason after the main event of Dynamite this week, which was Lance Archer defeating Dustin Rhodes to continue on into the finals of the TNT Championship Tournament. This was a shockingly good match uh, for the length that it was. Right. Well, I mean, you know, they're two... You know, Lance Archer is really good, and Dustin Rhodes has been around long enough to know how to get a good match. So, yeah, it's, it's not a not a total shock that it was good, but the, I think the level of how good it was is is was the shocking part. It was a hell of a well done fight. I, you know, I won't call this too much of a wrestling match, um, but those guys brawled around. Lance Archer showed off his strength, agility. He did the rope walk, moonsault bit. Mm-hmm. Um, Which, if that was in front of a live crowd, people would fuck. have lost their minds. Yeah. Dustin got uh, gashed open on the forehead and bled his brains out again. Um, we should start up a blood drive for Dustin Rhodes, yeah, I think, at yeah, some point. Really or the should. Rhodes family. Like, <laughs> I want to imagine they have, like, a private reserve. Like, they have a bunker under their estate of, of <laughs> you know, uh, a- O-positive blood uh, just for... They just have Marco stunt in a chair. <laughs> All right, Marco, you got two options today. You want to give blood to the Rhodeses or you want to get squashed by one of our big guys? Here's some orange juice and a fa- pack of Famous Amos. You'll be okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Here's two packs. We'll, we'll we'll treat you. One of them's oatmeal raisin, though. Yeah. You're going to have to deal with that because the chocolate chips, they always go first. We only yeah. got one bag of chocolate chips left. Yeah. But, You're going to have to deal with the oatmeal. I suggest eating the oatmeal raisin first and then washing it down with the chocolate yeah, yeah, chips. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Build up to the good path. Um, <laughs> uh, and un- unsurprisingly, we kind of figured, looking at how the, the way that the tournament was set up, uh, this was going to be the way it was going to go. Uh, we went full Rocky three with... Uh, <laughs> with with Archer murderizing Dustin in front of Cody to yeah. build heat to their eventual match. Uh, I enjoyed the, the, the towel tossing callbacks and everything. Yeah. But yeah, this is just about making Archer look like uh, an evil monster so that Cody could be the big hero and save the day come double or nothing. Um, I still think Archer would be a better TNT champion, but I will not be shocked if Cody walks away champion at double or nothing. Agreed. Yeah, I think it's Archer's to lose. Um, 
but yeah, Cody definitely, you know, there's no reason why he couldn't be the first TV champion. Um, you know, aside from the neck tattoo, that's really, yeah, that's terrible. terrible It's really the only thing holding him back right now, (laughs) (laughs) man. Let me tell you, I, I, I very excitedly at the beginning of the year bought the, uh, the what was at the time the newest Kenny Omega and Cody T-shirts. I regretted one of those come Revolution. Let me tell you. <laughs> oh, well, man. you can kind of, you know, certain uh, shirts you can timestamp. Yeah. So um, you know, like I have the American Nightmare Bullet Club yes. Cody shirt. Yes. So that is for a certain period of time. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Pre so pre neck tat. Pre neck. Yeah. It's it's PNT. Yeah. You know, it's it's time PNT. <laughs> PP P PNT. Yes. Well, uh PP PNT TNT is where we're gonna be watching TV this Wednesday night. As oh, looks like God. it's gonna be another great dynamite. Uh we'll see how NXT's not quite a takeover compares, and of course we'll be back next week to compare everything and also probably bitch and moan about the last little bits on the way to money in the bank chris do you know in an alternate reality we would have been considering buying tickets on StubHub to go see money in the bank live oh yeah that was supposed to be in baltimore wasn't it yeah yeah and really we would have had to ask ourselves would it be worth getting shot to go see money in the bank yeah yeah especially you know parking in that garage and going up the old murder hallway Mm -hmm. the murder staircase to, to get to the arena uh the good old days Glorious. The Roughhouse Podcast is a weekly podcast. Follow us at Roughhouse SGW on Twitter and Facebook.com slash the Roughhouse Podcast. Become a donor to the Roughhouse at patreon.com slash the Roughhouse Podcast. And check out our videos at youtube.com backslash channel backslash capital U C E G J 2 1 N lowercase W capital G lowercase K capital P m lowercase l capital d n seven lowercase c three lowercase r lowercase f u v q this is the, the rough, house, rough house uh podcast with justin and christoph that's it fuck christoph he's terrible with his information okay hey this is the rock shut your mouth jabronis and listen up because this is the rough house podcast with justin and my least favorite man on the planet christoph and Marty? The preceding presentation was brought to you by the Realm Network. Where does your mind go when you go to bed? Well, if you're like a lot of people, it doesn't go to sleep. It replays Raw, it looks at what might happen at the next pay-per-view, and sometimes it gets tangled up in lists of wrestling power rankings, botched moves, and replays of the Roughhouse podcast. If this describes your nights, ask your doctor about Curtis Axel. It can give you and your restless mind the sleep you need. Curtis Axel makes Lunesta look like crystal meth. Curtis Axel works quickly, so watch him right before bed. Make sure you can dedicate eight or more hours of sleep before watching Curtis Axel. Side effects include an odd yellow hue to your skin, an extreme lack of microphone skills, weak-ass chest chops, shitty remixed entrance music, an irrelevant intercontinental championship run, and unending comparisons to your legendary father and grandfather. Until you know how your body will react to Curtis Axel, you should not drive or operate machinery, and don't leave pets in your car on a hot day. This has nothing to do with Curtis Axel. That's just a dick move. Curtis Axel is the opposite of espresso. Consult your doctor or Paul Heyman now to learn about Curtis Axel. For the perfect night's sleep, leave it to Curtis Axel.